Hi, this is Arvind Talley with Elixir Mortgage Lending, and on this podcast, we have Bianca Diaz. Uh, she is a credit repair specialist. Hi, Bianca. Hi, how are you doing today? Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for being on today. Um, in the case, uh, tell us a little about yourself and what you do. Cool. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be able to, you know, reach your network and inform everyone about, you know, credit and any questions they may have because I know credit's such a gray area. But I'm jumping ahead. I am a Las Vegas real estate agent, and um, as well, I do credit repair because and credit building because, as you may know, to buy a house you need cash or credit for financing, right? Exactly. Um, so, definitely very important to be able to assist the buyers or potential buyers to increase their credit score so they can get into a house, mm-hmm. which is what we're going to be talking about today. Perfect, perfect. And uh, Bianca and I would be connected on Instagram for some time. And uh, I also did notice uh, you did serve uh, in the Marine Corps. I thank, thank you for your service you. to our country. Um, thank you. And the case, how long have you been doing credit repair? I've been doing it for almost two years now. Um, I have quite a bit of customers. We can do credit restoration, repair, and building across all 50 states and U.S. territories. So I even have customers in Puerto Rico. Um, But, man, I've grown to love it, I'll tell you, because I personally saw my results when I went through the services. And, um, you know, I, I had tons of negative items on my credit report. I got eight of my collections removed in six months. Can you believe that? That is quite <laughs> fast. And, and, and I know that there is a um, there is a emotional aspect of the stress when you're in this process and everything mm-hmm. else. And to have the support system, uh, that that's really important. Uh, how do you usually handle that? Well, when I help my customers get their credit repaired, we have a corporate office and our corporate office, they they really handle everything. They'll create the dispute letters. They'll alert you when it's on the way. You send them out to the credit bureaus and um, they're able to, you can call them, email them if you have any questions. So that support is there because like you said, yes, it is not only stressful to go through credit restoration, credit repair, but financially it's stressful because credit bad credit costs a lot of money (laughs) you know you have you have higher interest rates or higher deposits or whatever the case may be and and that's that can be very stressful exactly the price of money just went up as soon as that credit goes down Um, right right. in this case um so do you have any tips or tidbits uh as far as advice for folks who are either on like the tip of like their credit maybe going bad because they're struggling or once it's gone bad, what to do or what to look for next? Okay, so um, when you think about credit, I want you to think of it like um, maybe maybe like dirty water. All right, we'll use that. Mm-hmm. So like a bucket of dirty water, you want to take out the dirty water and put in clean water, right? So the water being accounts. You know, like if you have a lot of negative accounts or negative things on your credit report, like late payments, collections, bankruptcies, evictions, repossessions, I can go on, right? Um, Anything like that, you want to try to dispute it to get it removed. And a lot of people aren't aware that you can even do that. They're under the assumption that, oh, I have to wait seven to ten years. And that's not true. 
right? There's a, a law called the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which was enacted in 1971, that states we can dispute anything on our credit reports, okay? And disputing it can get it removed, right? Um, in most cases, right? Because there's a lot of uh, erroneous or inaccurate information or they just don't respond, they, the account holders. And you want to add positive trade lines at the same time while you're removing these negative things. That's the clean water. Yeah. Because as you're adding positive trade lines, you're building your credit portfolio and you're going to see an increase your credit score so for example a lot of people aren't aware that you can add your credit reporting history onto your credit report or a lot of people aren't even aware that it's even on there um they'll only add your your credit your your rental history onto your credit report if you have an eviction right they'll, they'll add it negatively but never positively um so you can add your rent there's a service that we offer to allow you to do that and there's other companies that do it as well um there, you can add your utility and phone bill payments now for free through Experian Boost. A lot of people don't know that, you know. I didn't um, even know that one. <laughs> that's a free one. It takes ten minutes. I did it with a young lady last week. Her score went up forty-four points right away because it, it goes back and collects history, not just going forward to report. Um, so, really great tool there with Experian Boost. Um, and then, you know, you just want to make sure you're removing negative and adding positive. If you don't have a credit card, I highly recommend you get one. If you can't get a credit card because you have no credit or bad credit, get a secured credit card. Works the same. It's just you're funding it and whatever you fund it with, it's your credit limit. So the company has no liability in that. What advice do you have? I know sometimes I get like people, they do refinance their home and pay off the credit cards. And their intention sometimes is, oh, I'm just going to close all the credit cards out. What do you have advice for those folks? Never, 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 ever, ever close a credit card. <laughs> there's two types of accounts. There's installment loans and there's revolving, right? Exactly. Installment being like your car loans, your home loans, your personal loans, where it has a certain amount due on a certain date. Revolving credit never ends it never has an end date that's what, those are your credit cards so you want to keep that history open as long as possible because 15 percent of what makes up your FICO score is length of history 35 percent, which is the biggest portion is payment history so you're closing the history and you don't ever want to close history so if you can ever um you know stop an account from being closed i highly recommend doing that sometimes banks will close them on their own uh, those credit cards because maybe there's inactivity so i always say hey go ahead and use it even if it's to buy a stick of gum every three months you know just keep it open right right that's great advice because i know sometimes about third-party information i hear folks go oh no like now you paid it off just close it and like mm. you said the history is really critical um, mm. In this case, is there like, I mean, is there like a book or a reference where people can go and look and go, oh, okay, like this is what I need to do to keep my credit or keep myself out of trouble? Or is it just go to seek help from experts? Yeah, I would seek help from experts just because I don't, you know, credit is such a taboo subject. We're never taught on it anywhere in our formal education system. Um, you know, I'm getting my master's in business management. I have never had a credit 101 class that I wasn't self-taught on. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know who's writing what, where it comes from, or, or, or if their information is even accurate. But your audience is welcome to contact me. You can give them my information, and I'm happy to help anyone, you know, if they have any questions regarding credit or how to make it better or how to remove negative items. I'm just happy to be a resource. Absolutely. And we're going to post that on the podcast so that way 
that they can contact you if they do have questions. Um, in this case, uh, are there any common uh, obstacles or challenges with credit that you just see across board that's just avoidable? Definitely late payments. Now, I know it might be hard <laughs> to prevent a late payment, and a lot of people just think of it like, oh, I just have one late payment. But as I shared, 35% of your FICO score, that's the biggest portion is made up of payment history. So even just one late payment, one 30-day late payment can affect your credit score anywhere upwards of 40 points, you know, um, because so it's the biggest part of your FICO. So if you can ever prevent a late payment, gosh, go get a payday loan and pay whatever it is or put it on automatic payment or ask a family member, I highly recommend doing that. But again, if you have a negative item such as a late payment, just know that it can get removed through the disputing process um you know but you want to refrain from doing so because that process you know costs money to go through credit repair if you can ever prevent it i would prevent it right right and do you guys do um rapid rescores or things like that where somebody uh for example like maybe something has been changed or uh, it's about to get changed but they need that uh, rescore to be done so like for example on our side we have to run certification for Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac for it to pass. And unless it's corrected, it won't work. Do you guys have anything for that? Or is that something that uh, we have to do on our end? That's something that you would need to do on your end. So we were just uh, facilitating the process to get the negative items removed. The credit bureaus themselves update their records every 30 to 45 days. Right. So I guess if they're not willing to wait that amount of time, then maybe they can be assisted by a lender like yourselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I know, I know we do it on this end, but I didn't know if you guys do it on yours. Look, that's a good question. <laughs> and, yeah, and I know the creditors are—they seem to always be like lagging. It's always behind, and never—it's it, never real time. <laughs> Yeah, so you got to think the credit bureaus, they're they are not government agencies. A lot of people have that misconception. They're just private companies that sell our information to lenders to see how worthy we are of taking on more debt. And they get reported from all kinds of lenders, right? Everybody's reporting to them. So they, they update their records every 30 to 45 days for that reason. I see. And is there like a day in the month that these guys are updating or? Nothing? No, um, it would just be you know, when all the accounts or all the lenders report to them and then they update. So and that's why I always tell people, you want to check your credit report every 30 to 45 days because that's when you're going to see the changes. You're not going to see the changes as they happen. And what's happening with this whole uh, credit thing where I, I have like this report I get, I think it's from like H&R Block or something like that, but it says something like a black market sale. Is like my credit like after like it was mismanaged by like Equifax or Experian. Is it being sold in the black market and then they're telling us or what is that? I mean, I can imagine. So Experian actually had a uh, breach in their a data breach. You right. know, was it last year or the year before? That's one of the credit bureaus. Capital One had a data breach that around the same time. Data breaches happen all the time. Our information's out there. If anybody wants your information, it's just they need to find that that bid number, right? And then just attach the right numbers to it. And um, that's why it's so important for people to have identity theft protection these days. My company offers that for free within the, the services of the credit restoration. But even if you don't, I, I highly recommend having it, right? Because a lot of people that I meet, they have years worth of identity theft and they didn't even know. 
and even our children these um these fraudsters are really smart they go and they they get our children's socials and, and their information and they use the identity theft because our kids will be 18 by the time they find out they have the identity theft you know wow. and then they have to prove they are who they say they are so it's it's so important to monitor your credit no one's doing it for you we are our own credit police we're the ones that know if it's accurate or not so i highly recommend at least once a year getting that free credit report from each bureau and at least at the very least checking and making sure it's accurate and so basically what you're saying is you have services besides repair just to uh just to be uh, notified as well yes yes definitely even if you don't have credit issues even if you don't have credit issues that's smart. That's awesome. That's and in the case, um, a, well, what, where do you get your passion from this? I mean, I obviously hear on the phone, you're very passionate on this topic. And I know we spoke a little bit before uh, this uh, podcast, and I definitely feel that that passion and energy come through the phone. Uh, where's that all coming from? So I, uh, I shared with you very briefly, I personally went through the services, right? Recently divorced, single mom of two. I was like, man, I got to make my credit work for me, you know? Credit's power. <laughs> um, so I uh, went through the services because I needed it, you know? And, and I got eight of my collections removed in six months. My score jumped up 87 points. You start to walk a little differently at that point. Right. Um, and, and I just saw what it did for my life personally right i mean you go from paying a double deposit on an apartment or a deposit you know to turn on the lights to, to now uh, getting paid to pay my bills right and we could talk about that later but there's little things you can do where you get a credit card that gives you cash back and you start you, you pay your bills with it that you're already going to pay pay it off in time and then get paid to pay your bills you know so it's it's life-changing Good credit is life-changing. A lot of people don't have the money to just buy a house outright, right? So we need credit and therefore an interest rate. And um, there's a big difference between a 7% interest rate and a 3% interest rate, right? I mean, this it just really depends. Is. Yeah, it really is. And especially especially when you get into bigger loan amounts and when you're dealing with time. I mean, if you're going to keep the loan for like two years, maybe not such a big pain as it is if you're going to keep it for the next 30 <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So I just, I, the passion came from a personal experience and what it did for me. And in the case, um, a, you said that you're in grad school right now, right? Correct. Fantastic, fantastic. I did that whole deal myself, like back in 2008, 2009. Um, really life-changing as far as the mind part um, goes and expanding the mind a bit. But unfortunately for me personally, it didn't bring any um, financial gratifications per se in the short run. And if anything, I had to pay that student debt back, which that was a pressure on my credit. And kind of, uh, so in the case, uh, with that said, do you have any advice with anybody out there that has student debt? I know that that's a little bit trickier. You can't file bankruptcy on it. You can't just remove it. Right. Um, so I would say do the best you can to make your payments on time with those student loans. And if you could defer it, you know, continue going to school and defer it, then that's awesome. But you want to make sure you're paying it back. Right. Um, if for any reason 
you know, your student loan is in default or you have late payments associated with it, we can help to get those removed. Um, but, you know, you're still going to have to pay that debt back. That is government debt. You can't write it off in a bankruptcy. You know, unfortunately, you have to pay it. Um, that's how that works. Let's say, like, I'm just going to use this as an example, and it's pretty vague, but and let's say the guy has $5,000 in monthly payments they got to make, and this month they're short and they only have 3000 Is there a priority of which ones you want to tackle first and which ones, if you're just going to ding you or scar you, you could leave a little bit further back? I would definitely recommend for that individual to call each, you know, student loan account and mm -hmm. verbalize the issues they're having because a lot of them are willing to work with the consumer. You know, they don't want to sell the account to collections or anything like that. They want to receive the money, right. you know, so they're willing to work with you and they, they can make payment plans. They can reevaluate your payments. There's tons of things that they do to work with the individual. You just have to verbalize it with them. Exactly, exactly. I mean, student debt, I think, is the next bubble everybody's talking about. It's like over a trillion dollars or something like that. Of yeah. Debt, of unpaid debt. <laughs> In the case, um, I do have your information we're going to post on the podcast to reach you. Um, and do you have any um, advice for anybody that right now is going to go out and look for a brand new property maybe to buy where they haven't done homework because this is what what on my end happens people maybe start going online and checking for new properties or they go out with a realtor without getting pre-approved and they're looking at properties without being prepared um is there any preparation advice you have for the audience Yes, I do. So, I mean, there's specific, if, if you're not going to buy a home with cash, I'm assuming you're going to need financing. And with financing, the most important thing is credit. So I would definitely say, hey, if you don't have a credit monitoring service, get you a Credit Karma on creditkarma.com. It's a free account. Go ahead and, and see where your credit score is at and what negative items. Now, don't get caught up on the number that Credit Karma gives you because there's different scoring models. There's FICO scoring models, which is what all lenders use most, right? right? Especially for home homes. And then there's Vantage scoring models. Vantage scoring models differ greatly from a FICO scoring model. Even the components of what make up the scores are different. So I have seen the points differ 70, 150 points. So don't get caught up on the number. Um, I would say get caught up on what's on the report because if you have collections, late payments, bankruptcies, foreclosures, repossessions, you're probably not going to get approved unless those get removed. Okay. Right. Um, so I would say go ahead and, and, and anyone that has to pull your credit, it's a hard hit on your credit score and that's going to ding and it's going to create a hard inquiry. Okay. We're just going to hurt your credit score anywhere from five to six points. It depends. Um, but definitely go on Credit Karma. It's not a hard hit. See where your credit score is at. You know, don't get caught up on the number, but look at the report. And if you have negative items, work to get them removed before you go to a lender where they're going to do a hard inquiry and tell you the same thing anyway, right? Right, right. Um, so that's my advice. One of my experiences with Credit Karma, people call and go, well, you know, my Credit Karma says, you know, I have a 700 credit. And generally when I end up pulling it, it's between 25, 30 points lower. Right, right. Because the Vantage scoring model, I'll, I'll tell you, if you Google Vantage scoring model versus FICO scoring model, you'll see the different components of what make up the score. Right. I don't think it has mortgage calculated in the scoring. Is that true or is that incorrect? Mm, none of them do. 
None of them do the mortgage calculator. Yeah. Gotcha. It'll be debt to income. So debt to income um, amounts owed is 30% of your FICO score. That's the second biggest portion. So your debt to income. And what's the biggest portion? Payment history. That's 35%. 35%. Wow. So you got so two components for 65%. Right. And those are the two components that you handle, right? Two of the biggest parts that make up our credit score are things that are within our control. Right, right. <laughs> Paying your bills on time and not using too much debt. <laughs> right. At what point when you use debt, it does the credit start dinging? Is it like 60% of like your credit card capacity or is it 80%? There is a 30% rule. Mm -hmm. And so basically if you have a credit card that has a thousand dollar credit limit, you never want to pass $300 of that because using too much is going to, is going to mess up your debt to income and you're going to hurt your credit score based off that. Got it. That is good information. Even for me, I, I would have thought that number would have been a little bit higher. I thought maybe it would be like around that 60% or so. So 30 is quite low actually so you really can't leave too much on a credit card right and you want to make sure you're i mean the, the point of the credit card is you don't want the bank making money off of you you know right. that that's where the interest rate the interest rates only kind of come to effect when you carry over a balance if you pay off that debt before the statement date then you're not gonna you're not gonna get dinged on interest if you pay it off completely so there's ways that you can actually what i mentioned is make money off of your good credit there's cards that they they pay you one percent cash back when you pay and or when you buy and one percent cash back when you pay so that's two percent so let's say i have a credit card with a high enough credit limit that i don't have to pass my 30 percent utilization but can pay all my bills that i'm already gonna pay right yeah. i'm gonna pay my my mortgage i'm gonna pay my gas i'm gonna pay my electricity pay it off before the due date and now i'm getting two percent on whatever that total bill amount is and i'm getting paid to pay my bills and build my credit score that's um yeah, that's uh, the power of having credit. Yeah, power of credit. <laughs> the power of credit. That 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 sounds like a title for a book almost, right? Yeah, the title for every credit seminar I have, the power of credit. <laughs> <laughs> that and I also I keep saying all these. Um, everybody's new meeting sounds like it starts with the word mastermind or game changer, which is interesting. <laughs> that should be the title of this, the power of credit. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, in the case, um, I thank you for being on our podcast. Uh, this is the second interview that I've done it with anybody on this podcast. And I am really glad that you are able to come on this. And I look forward to working with you as well as the audience. If they have any questions, it'll be posted on the podcast. The podcast will be posted on any of the major podcast stations, as well as I do always post it on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. Um, and uh, anything uh, you got for us before uh, we close out the session? No, I'm just, I thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to speak to your network. Um, obviously, this is something I told you I'm very passionate about, and I'm happy to help anyone with any advice or just any assistance with getting their credit on track. So, yeah, reach out to me, and thank you again for your time. Thank you very much, Bianca. That was awesome. Until awesome. next podcast.